Hello and welcome. This is Nick's Nerd News, live from sunny San Diego, California. And now we go to your host, Nick. Well, 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 wouldn't you know we've made it to June. And with June comes E3. Going to talk about our predictions today. Uh, summer movie season is officially underway. And uh, talk a little bit about TV today. Uh, I'm your host, Nick, if, if that wasn't obvious from the intro uh, or the name of the podcast. I, I know we're on our fifth one here, but if you didn't know that already, I'm Nick. But hey, that should be obvious. But uh, let's get into it. Um, kind of light on TV. You know, it's summertime, so not a whole lot of TV on. Uh, you know, HBO is always a solid at this time of year. So uh, if you're watching Westworld, like I'm sure a lot of you are, it's um, it, it, it's definitely better than season one. Uh, I will say season two is, has piqued my interest a lot more than the first season did. And that show was very different from anything we've gotten before. Very different from the original movie from the 70s, if you've seen it. And, you know, Westworld is a show that has you asking questions more than any of it answers from like previous episodes and this week we finally come to a head uh some of the timelines have finally ended and come together we've had some clarification on on different things i guess you could say we've had the return of a major character from season one different things and what i what i really like is that they were able to bring Anthony Hopkins back in a meaningful way, and a way that kind of fits with uh, narr- the narrative of the story. And I, I know narrative's a major part of, of Westworld, especially if you watch, you know this. And it'll be interesting to see where where it goes, because while we, we have had a couple of the timelines and a couple of the th- story threads kind of come together, there's still, there's still a bit, bit of a gap in between some of the timelines so we're, we're getting closer to understanding we're getting closer to i saw an article about the valley beyond that they've been talking about all season if, if you've been watching but we're still missing i they haven't kind of clarified where we are yet but there's still an amount of time between when bernard wakes up on the beach um granted we've, we've moved past that obviously and when we last saw him in the Mesa, which is like the control center. So we're still missing some time there. Uh, Maeve and William, or the man in black, their stories kind of merged together, but we're still missing We're still missing people from Maeve's story. Uh, yeah, Lee showed up, but where are the techs and where are the members of, of the gang? I, I can't think of their names right now, but where'd they go? I know they followed after Maeve when the, the Ghost Nation uh, hosts showed up, but... I mean, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see what happened to them. If, if Lee's with a, a QA team, then obviously something happened to them. So I'll, I'll be interested to see where that goes. Um, and with William's group meeting up with Maeve, that, that was an interesting side part with Maeve kind of going all crazy against him because she hates him for what he did in the past. So we'll, we'll, we'll see where that goes, which also came to a head with Dolores' group and Teddy and them raiding the Mesa. So I don't know how this happened but how is Dolores's team of of hosts better than uh, they call them the QA team uh, the guys that work the operatives that work for Delos but like 
these guys seemed like they were trained spec ops guys or Blackwater type guys who fought in some kind of war in the future or something. And then they just get wrecked by hosts with pistols while all these guys have like P90s and like rif- automatic rifles and, and like M4s and shit. And then they get wrecked by a bunch of hosts with, with revolvers. Like, what the fuck? Like, I know the hosts are fast and a little stronger because they're robots, but, like, not that much to wreck a team of, like, highly trained individuals. I know there isn't coding for them to be, like, spec ops dudes, unless there's a storyline we haven't seen from the past yet where the hosts were used in wartime, or the hosts, there's some other park. I, I know we there's six parks, and we've only gotten three of them, that there maybe there's a park that's, like, uh, Iraq war park or some other shit but like there's no way these dudes should have been wrecked by a bunch of hosts wearing masks with fucking six shooters like come on that's literally that's that's impossible if you have an automatic rifle you should be defeating people with revolvers there's no way they're that much faster with a revolver like no way I, I don't know and I, I wonder where that story's going I, I like what they had how they had Maeve and Dolores meet up though and Dolores is kind of taking pity on her and Maeve's like but what what are you after is your end going to be justified by the means that you're taking like it's a great philosophical debate between hosts and it kind of makes you question maybe has Maeve achieved true sentience and Dolores is still on a narrative being controlled by Ford in some way shape or form I, I don't know and it will be interesting to see where where that goes we also had a new show premiere last night on on, on HBO, and uh, that's called Succession. Excuse me, on, on Sunday night. I, I'm not sure when, when you would have watched it. I think it was available early on HBO Go, things like that. But stars Brian Cox, uh, who you might know from Super Troopers. Uh, one of the, the Culkin brothers, like Macaulay Culkin's younger brothers, I think it's the one that was in Scott Pilgrim, and some other people. It's called Succession, and it's about it's about a family business where the father looks like he's about to step down. It's a global empire. And one of the sons is is hoping he's next in line. And, you know, it, it kind of plays into, will the father actually retire? Are his siblings maybe out to take that job from, from under him, even though they might not kind of give off the vibe that they want to follow in dad's footsteps and kind of lead the empire, the business empire, what, what have you. And... Um, it, it, it's giving me a very smart TV vibe. HBO's had a lot of smart TV shows recently and, uh, like the newsroom was a, was a great show in my opinion. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm mad that it, it got, I don't know if it was canceled or it was ended after three seasons. I, that was a show that, that really could have benefited from continuing past the election, things like that. Just, just for awesome storylines, not for any political reasons or anything like that, but Succession, I'm getting a very Game of Thrones, but in corporate America, like real life America vibe from it, especially with infighting and familiar problems, things like that. So I'm excited to see where this show goes. It it doesn't come off as, as anti-wealth or, or anti-establishment or anything like that. It just kind of comes off as showing like, hey, the business world is dog-eat-dog world, you know, survival of the fittest, no fucking around, no bullshit, like... Shit's going to happen. If you're weak, you're going to lose. Okay. And that's kind of what this is trying to show. Like the reality of it. Not really the reality, but like 
obviously a fictionalized view, but kind of showing like, hey, don't fuck around or you're going to get left behind. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what this show has given off. But but I'm, I'm happy this show came out because I think it's a perfect time for that and should be good. I think it's going to be one of HBO's new hits, if you ask me. Um, interesting tweet came out of... Uh, if you don't know who Tara Strong is, she's a famous voice actress. She's been in Powerpuff Girls, Teen Titans, a lot of video games. She was Harley Quinn in a, a few different things. She's been around a long time, since the 90s. And uh, in regards to Teen Titans, she plays Raven. And uh, if you remember the show from the early 2000s, the great show, and, and now Teen Titans Go, um, which is getting that Teen Titans Go to the movies. Stupid shit. Anyway, she said if that movie does well that Warner Brothers or Cartoon Network or someone, uh, they've had talks about possibly bringing back the original version of the Teen Titans show. And that, uh, other than Justice League, that that was one of my first introductions to to the DC Comics, like deeper characters, other than Batman and Robin, obviously, because, you know, it, it introduced you to Raven and to Starfire and Cyborg, things like that. And if, if you didn't grow up reading the comics... Which, which I unfortunately didn't. I, I didn't really have a, a, a way into that till much later. But it gave you a look at the Teen Titans team uh, in a way that I don't think could have been done any differently or any better at the time. And it also gave young audiences an introduction to Slade Wilson or Deathstroke, the Terminator. And yeah, he's a major character in, in DC Comics. But I'm sure at the time, it had been a long time since the Judas Contract had come out in the 80s at that point. So I'm sure not a lot of people were aware of him or the different interactions he had with the Teen Titans. But, you know, I I know that show wasn't super serious like Justice League or Batman the Animated Series or anything like that. But it was able to be serious and fun at the same time. And it didn't take itself too seriously to kind of help things and and I was upset when that show ended because I do remember watching it all the time and it wasn't like Young Justice it was kind of I don't know how to explain but that show was great because I, I I really came to like that version of Robin I really like Cyborg Beast Boy was fun in in different things especially loves love Slade Wilson you know that that kind of got me started getting into Deathstroke and things like that and when he finally got his due in, in different mediums and especially the Arkham games and, and things like that. And, and now we're going to get a movie about him. I, you know, I, it got me really excited. But then it got canceled because Cartoon Network likes to cancel things we love on a regular basis. And then, what was it, a couple years ago, Teen Titans Go! came out. And I was like, oh, sweet, Teen Titans is back. And then I watched an episode and I was like, the fuck is this shit? Like, like. Why, why are they pandering to young children? Those, those characters aren't... I, I don't want to back myself into a corner and say those characters aren't for young kids because they can be if they're written well. But to turn them into this, this extreme caricature of what they are and the art style is... Yes, it's still got that anime influence like the, the original cartoon, which is one of the, the major appeals of that. But to kind of like... I, I don't know how to explain it, but like... It's almost dumped down. And they're doing it again with a with a with another show. I think it's the the Thundercats, another reboot. But like they're almost taking cues from 
was that show like uh gravity falls and not adventure time it's not like that but like other shows like gravity falls and things like that show and like chowder and um i i don't i don't know because i i i was kind of past the age of those shows but i'm like if if you're gonna if you're gonna do a show like this you're gonna have to be aware that adults are gonna be watching as well and i get that they're gonna have adult jokes because it's a kid's movie and they do that all the time to make sure the parents are entertained as well but when when you have a character with when you have a show with robin and cyborg and starfire and other characters that a lot of kids have grown up with or identify with because it's a superhero show, especially with Robin being Batman's sidekick. You have to understand you're going to have a lot of older fans watching that show or going to watch that show as well. And you're going to instantly turn them off with with the crude humor. I don't, I don't want to say crude, but like childish humor. Like like there's a whole thing about farts and they're going to take a villain down with farts. I'm like, that that's not what this was always about. Like save that for Captain Underpants. That's what that's for. Okay. There's a time and a place for those kind of jokes, and and Teen Titans is not it. Yeah, I sound like a crotchety old man with this opinion, but, like, I don't give a shit. You know, I grew up with the Teen Titans show. I, I can have an opinion like this and, and think that what they're doing is fucking stupid. Obviously, it's working enough with the younger audience that to justify a movie. I, I, I do like that it's self-aware and meta and makes fun of the DC Universe as it stands now, I, I, I appreciate that. But but at the same time, I'm just like, who, who is this for? Why, why are they pandering to children just to sell toys? Like, that, that shouldn't be a, a qualification for a kid's TV show. They don't do that for adult shows. I mean, I, mean, I know it's harder to keep a kid's, kid's attention, but kids are with toys are just the same way. They'll play with a toy, they'll get over it, and never want to play with it again. Or they're going to want a new one. Like, that shouldn't be a justification for a show. Like, oh, this toy's not selling, so obviously no one's watching. No, that's bullshit. That's fucking bullshit. And that's why Young Justice got canceled. And that's why people were pissed. That shouldn't be a qualifier for a TV show. I get that maybe the toy companies are sponsoring it or some bullshit like that. But no, it's dumb. It's really dumb. But uh, now I'm going to shamelessly say, let's all go watch Teen Titans go to the movies so that it does well and we can get our old Teen Titans back. How about that, huh? Yeah, right? Now on the opposite spectrum of Cartoon Network shows, uh, Dan Harmon came out and, and kind of clarified why it took so long to get the renewal for Rick and Morty Season 4. And uh, they kind of said because they wanted to make sure that they could create Rick and Morty without having to worry about income or other streams of revenue. I, I did see this reported in multiple outlets. And... That's a good thing because the reason there were so many big gaps of time between the first, second, and third seasons was because they couldn't devote their entire time to Rick and Morty. You know, Dan Harmon wanted to make sure that he wouldn't go broke, essentially. I'm sure Justin Roiland had other commitments, things like that. But now with this new contract that they got, they'll be able to focus entirely on Rick and Morty and not have to worry about other things. So that way they can get shit done quickly on time, keep the fans happy, keep themselves happy, and, and not kind of stress out over things. So maybe, you know, and, and I, I've said before that the third season of Rick and Morty was probably one of the best seasons of TV in the last five years. And 
if they can spend a majority of their time devoted to Rick and Morty with this new contract and not have to worry about other things, the potential for the next couple seasons to just be fucking amazing is so high. And I I don't want to set my expectations high because I, I understand things could come crashing down, but, but it is Rick and Morty and that's exactly what they wouldn't want you to do. They don't want you to set your expectations high because Rick would come in and just say, fuck you and at your expectations and they could go completely off the rails. So I'm not going to have any expectations and I'm just going to be happy to see whatever we get because I love Rick and Morty. But, uh, you know, kind of light on somehow, even though I said it'd be light on TV, we, we did kind of talk a lot, but, uh, let's kind of, let's kind of go into movies. Uh, we'll, we'll stick with the, the Warner brothers thing for now and, how about this? A lot of news about the DCEU last week, the DC Extended Universe. We had some rumors coming out about the about the Matt Reeves solo Batman movie. Um, you know, Ben Affleck's been dancing around this movie for a long time. Will he, won't he? Uh, he was supposed to originally direct, write, and star. Then he pulled out from directing. Then they didn't like his script. Then... Was he still going to star? Matt Reeves came in, new script. But it looks like looks like Matt Reeves is potentially eyeing Penguin as the main villain. So that's cool. I remember Josh Gad was floating around it or something last year. So that, that would be an interesting take. Um, and Nick Frost was kind of tweeting like he'd be interesting. And I, I think he'd be really great too. Nick Frost is uh, really good friends with Simon Pegg. He was in the, the Cornetto trilogy with him. You know, Hot Fuzz, The World's End, and uh, Shaun of the Dead. So his his partner there. But uh, yeah, no, I'm excited, especially if Ben Affleck's back. I think Ben Affleck's one of the best ma- Batman on screen. Uh, he's my number two, just behind Michael Keaton. So I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, the licensing expo was in Las Vegas last weekend, I think, where they kind of show off things before Comic-Con or other, other different conventions. And it's for different companies to be like, hey, do you want to license this stuff? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, we got pictures of Zachary Levi in, Shil- in Shazam as his uh, in his costume. We got pictures of Aquaman in his new costume for the solo Aquaman movie. And uh, no, I, I really like I really like the, the dynamic between the two. You know, Aquaman's more serious. He's a, a tough guy. Uh, I really did like Jason Momoa in the role from Justice League, so I am excited for James Wan's adaptation, uh, which is due out in December, I think. Uh, that will be cool because they're bringing in Black Manta and uh, his brother, the Ocean Master, and some other villains. So I'm, I'm excited for that because, you know, they're going to show off some, some really cool Aquaman villains. Aquaman's always been the kind of the butt of jokes for a long time and I'm excited he's finally getting his due because he is a legitimate superhero he's got legitimate powers that can help Shazam though I'm I'm, I'm really interested that was kind of came on it kind of came out of left field when they announced it um, David F Sandberg is directing and uh, obviously it's gonna be more comedic because if you don't know this Shazam otherwise known as Captain Marvel DC's had to change some things up because Marvel's Captain Marvel that's that's time for another day. But Shazam is actually a child, 12-year-old boy named Billy Batson, who gets the power from an old magician or wizard or something. And anytime he says Shazam, he turns into a superhero. And he looks like an adult superhero. In the comics, you know, he's always been built like Superman, things like that. 
uh, usually as strong as Superman. But it's a kid in an adult's body. And most people don't realize he's a kid. They just think he's an adult because he's a superhero. But uh, it's, it's almost like... I think they were talking they're going to try and make it like big, but with a superhero, which is really cool because that's an awesome Tom Hanks movie from the 80s. But the picture they, they put out is of Zachary Levi in his Shazam costume holding like a big gulp or something and drinking out of it and it's got this look. And I think Zachary Levi is the perfect person to play like the embodiment of a kid in, a, in, a, in an adult's body uh, in the same vein as how uh, how Tom Hanks did it back back in Big. And, and I think, just from the pictures I've seen, it's going to be great. I, I At least I hope it's going to be great. It looks good. And they got Mark Strong to play the villain. Uh, he's been in a terrible Green Lantern movie. Probably one of the best things about that movie. Uh, he played Lance a lot in the Kingsman movies. I think he's Lance a lot. Well, I don't remember. But Mark Strong, I think, will be really good as the villain in the movie. And I'm excited to see where where Shazam goes. But on top of that, the director, a lot of people started photoshopping the picture of Zachary Levi and photoshopping him into different things. And David F. Sandberg kind of ran with that too and started putting out his favorites. And he even took a scene from Batman vs. Superman where Superman's like floating over people in a flood trying to be rescued. And then he put like Zachary Levi's Shazam there instead of Superman and and I like how he's he's kind of having fun and he's he's making fun of things and kind of rolling with the fans and stuff. So I'm I'm excited that that that's a good sign to me. And then kind of to top off that that DCEU news, we had uh, Jeff Johns tweet out and then DC confirmed that Wonder Woman two will be uh, something around. They put out an image. It was just two W's with eighty four. I know they previously said that the second the sequel to Wonder Woman would be set in the 80s. Um, so clearly it's going to be around 1984. You know, the Wonder Woman movie was great. This movie has a lot of potential. It could make or it could be good or it could be really bad. I'm going to be give Patty Jenkins the benefit of the doubt and she'll be able to top the original or at least keep it on the same level. I don't think it's going to crash and burn. The only question mark for this movie is Kristen Wiig as the villain. Kristen Wiig has shown her range that she obviously she's mostly comedy she was on saturday night live most of her movies are comedy she has shown that she can do some uh some serious roles so you know she was in the martian uh she was in that movie extract I, that's more of a comedy though I, I know she's done some things that are more serious and i i'm i'm willing to bet that she can knock off not knock off, but I, I'm willing to bet that she can pull off playing Cheetah, the villain, without being too cheesy, without being too serious, but being able to play it right. And I think with Patty Jenkins coming back as the director for the second one, I, I, I think as long as it's written properly, I think Kristen Wiig has the chops to pull it off. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, in other comic book movie news, Jamie Foxx was cast as Spawn in the new Spawn reboot. That, that will be interesting. And, you know, somehow the 90s Spawn or early 2000s, I, I don't remember exactly when, that movie sticks out in my head a lot. Um, it was kind of ahead of its time with, with superhero movies kind of going dark. And the CGI wasn't great, but it was good back then, I think. And, you know, there's a lot of good mo actors in that movie. 
John Leguizamo and and Martin Sheen. Like that's nuts. But still, it's Martin Sheen in a like a offhand crazy comic book movie, especially one that was like super dark. Todd McFarlane came out and said that you're not going to see a lot of Spawn. It's not going to be an origin story. And and I'm excited for that because granted Spawn has a really complicated origin and it has to deal with like the devil and shit and and I don't know if I don't I don't know how that would work with modern audiences but him as a hero in general I think will be perfect it kind of fills that gap that that Blades kind of left open since the early 2000s and and we haven't really had like a a true dark hero he's not really a hero he's not really a villain he's kind of he's you know an anti-hero he's kind of in the middle there and i think jamie fox deserves another chance at a comic book movie after the failure of what amazing spider-man 2 was and i'm excited i think he's i think he's gonna pull it off he can he can do that and i'm excited for that so we'll see how that goes we got the first trailer for the bohemian rap raps rap rap uh bohemian rhapsody the the queen movie i can't say that word clearly so i'm not gonna try and say it too much so so i don't make a fool of myself all the time but uh the queen movie excuse me it's the freddie mercury biopic uh, is what they're kind of pushing it as you know that movie's been in kind of development hell for a long time i know sasha baron cohen was originally supposed to play freddie mercury uh now they have uh, remy malik who was the star of mr robot he was in the night of the museum movies i don't think he's really singing because in the trailers you can kind of tell that it it's the original queen recordings but i'm very excited for this movie queen is one of my uh probably top five classic rock bands like i've been listening to queen since i was a kid fat bottom girls bohemian rhapsody don't stop me now. Like, I've been listening to that since I was a kid, especially with, like, Wayne's World. Okay? That scene when they're bobbing their head to Bohemian Rhapsody is probably one of, like, the coolest scenes in movies uh, from the time. And I've been I've been in love with Queen since then. And I'm happy that Freddie Mercury and them are finally getting their, like, real due on the world stage. I know a lot of people don't like Queen or don't know about Queen, and I, I think this will be good. Hopefully it, it, it's good. Hopefully it's a good movie. Uh, it looks like it's going to be serious, kind of funny too. So I'm excited about that. And hopefully it brings awareness about certain things that, that happen with Freddie Mercury with AIDS and things like that. And hopefully it can kind of ease the stigma. I know that stigma is still around 30 years later about with certain people, things like that. You know, I myself was misinformed on the subject for a long time. And uh, I, I've admitted to being wrong to der- certain people about different things. No, I'm, I'm excited. I, I hope this brings more awareness and, and also does Freddie Mercury justice. Because it's, it's time that his story was told. It's time more people know about Queen. And it's time that music kind of comes back to everyone's ears and gets uh, passed around and played more. Because that, that's a really great brand, uh, band. And they did some things that were kind of groundbreaking and different at the time. So, so that's, that's, that's good. Um, we also got the new trailer for the Christopher Robin movie, which, you know, when they first announced it, I was like, whoa, what are you doing, Disney? Why you got to fuck with our childhoods here? 
Like I get the live action remakes of a lot of these movies to kind of update them, but aging up Christopher Robin, making him an adult, and then coming back with Pooh, like, uh, what what is this? Is this Pan? Is this a, just a or Hook? Is this another version of Hook? Like, I I mean that movie was good, but like, what what are they doing here? Then I found out Ewan McGregor was in it, so that's an A plus from me, and at least they're keeping most of the voice cast intact um sorry just one person and uh the current voice of Pooh and tigger so at least those are going to be the same but uh you know i'm, I'm kind of interested to bring in brad garrett in to play eeyore which is kind of like perfect somehow i never saw that before as being perfect but i'm excited because uh jim jim cummings who does Pooh and tigger is back as Pooh, and they're kind of making it real world-esque, so I do like that. It's not cartoony, things like that. They are going to look like stuffed animals like they were supposed to originally, and, you know, I'm excited for this movie. This new trailer kind of did that for me, and we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes, and the new trailer kind of made some of my fears and concerns evaporate for it, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, at least it will bring bring Winnie the Pooh in um, to a new generation of fans and, and kind of change up the mix and not be kind of keep a stale or, or old thing going. Sadly, Solo had a big drop in its second week. I mean, we all know, I talked about it last week, about how it was an okay movie. Um, I don't think I mentioned how, you know... I, I, I've been thinking about it a lot in the last week and wasn't really a fan of the music either. It just didn't feel Star Warsy to me. Um, I mean, there were musical cues and John Williams did one of the songs, but it still just came off. It, it was wrong. didn't fit. And I saw an article today that they might lose $50 million on it. That, that's not a flop in any way. Don't, don't misconstrue that. Don't buy into the hype that's being floated around online by certain people. That's, that's not a flop. It's going to make money. It's not a failure. Disney's fine. They're going to keep making Star Wars movies. There's there's there no there're no danger of stopping, okay? They made enough off The Force Awakens, Rogue One, and Last Jedi to be okay. Now if the purported Boba Fett movie doesn't do well or the purported uh Kenobi movie doesn't do well, then we're going to have different conversation. But that's that's down the line. That's down the line. But, uh, you know, that's mo- that's movie news for now. Let's kind of get into games. Uh, we had some more reveals for the new Battlefield. And um, I'm not even going to get into that because that's a dangerous argument to even start. And I'm, I'm not... It looks okay. I'm, I'm not a Battlefield guy, so I, I don't know. Uh, new Fallout was announced, Fallout 76. I'm sure we'll know more next week at E3. The Bethesda conference is on Sunday before... Uh, after Microsoft, you know, Assassin's Creed Odyssey was leaked and then confirmed. You know, I, I see this everywhere. Kotaku, IGN, I think Polygon had a story. It's like every Assassin's Creed game gets leaked all the time. And it's like, what the fuck's going on over at Ubisoft? Is like, is that their goal? Yet they chastise people when they talk about the leak. Like, what? how come Ubisoft, what the fuck are you doing? None of your other games leak. But Assassin's Creed, it's like fucking clockwork every year. You know, Origins got leaked. Now Odyssey got leaked, the new one. Unity got leaked before that. Syndicate 
as well. It's like what ev- literally every every title, every Assassin's Creed title has been leaked. They 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 were calling Ubisoft Ubisoft the the leakiest studio or or Assassin's Creed the leakiest franchise. Like I I don't know what they're doing. Hopefully it doesn't come out this year. I liked that that gap in between. They, it allows them to perfect the games. Uh, this one is going to ancient Greece. Can't wait to learn more next week at uh, at E3. I think their press conference is on Monday or Tuesday, so we'll see how that goes. But no, that that's cool. Um, I liked what they did with Origins. That was probably one of my top games from last year. Uh, a lot different from from the 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 rest of the series. Kind of served as like a soft reboot almost, not entirely. And this one's going to ancient Greece, so that will be interesting. Not a whole lot of climbing because the Greeks didn't really build really tall, but um, surprisingly, there was a lot more climbing than I expected in in Origins. So, so we'll see how that goes. Um, I wonder if they're going to have it before Origins or after. So that will be interesting. And uh, we all know how I felt and talked about what I want in a Pokemon Switch game. And hey, look at that—they had a reveal a couple days later. And, um, you know, it has some Pokemon Go functionality, luckily minor, which I'm, I'm happy with. Definitely going to look into buying a Switch to get this. It, it's not a full mainline series game, which, which is kind of interesting. So it is going to be called Let's Go, Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee Edition. So that, that rumor was true. Uh, it is a remake of Yellow. That rumor's true. And... Uh, they also announced a new mainline game for next year on Switch. So that that's interesting that this isn't a mainline game, but kind of in between. Any Pokemon you've caught on Pokemon Go, you can actually bring in, vice versa. So that will be interesting. And they announced a new Pokeball peripheral that you can play with. Hopefully you'll be able to play with like a, pl- a Pro Controller or both Joy-Cons, because playing with one Joy-Con is kind of weird. I-, I get that it's similar to a Game Boy, but like... I have very big hands, and I've used these Joy-Cons at GameStop and other stores, and I'm just like, uh, I'm good. I'm going to buy a Pro Controller and not do this because the buttons are really small. But, uh, you know, what's cool is they kind of changed up some of the mechanics, and instead of the Pokemon just appearing randomly in the grass or in the wild, you can walk up to them and choose who you want to fight. You're going to catch them like Pokemon Go. I don't like that. Uh, Battles look the same. The really cool thing, though, is uh, Pikachu and Eevee will follow you, or they can ride on your shoulder or head, but it looks like you can ride around on other Pokemon or have them follow you, which is really cool. Like, they showed you flying on a Charizard or riding an Onix around. That's really cool. So it'll be interesting. Um, That's out in November, so we'll see how that goes, and uh, maybe we'll find out more about the, the mainline game on there. Nintendo Direct next week or or not? I I don't know. Nintendo's kind of kind of coy and cavalier about not coy and cavalier. Those are two very opposite things. They're very coy about revealing things, and Nintendo Directs are very simple. So we'll we'll see. I don't know though. Then also PlayStation announced that they're gonna announce that they will announce. Stupid. I don't know how to phrase that right. That's a weird thing to say or do. That they're going to announce three games before E3 next week. And I'm like, well, it's Monday. You don't really have many days before a week from now when their press conference is. Like, why bother announcing them before E3 when you can just announce them at E3? Like, I 
are you going to have individual events? What are they going to be? Are they going to be exclusives? Are they going to be like, what, what is this? I, I, I don't know. Why, why are you, why are they doing this? I, I don't get it. It just, it doesn't make any sense to me. We also had Lego DC villains was confirmed. I know that was part of the Walmart leak. Uh, that's going to be interesting. I really like the Lego games. Uh, if you haven't played them, they're not just for kids. I'll say that. They put a fun spin on... Uh, I played the Star Wars ones. I've played the Hobbit one. And uh, the Lego movie. I have Lego Batman. I have a couple of them. Just because they're games with gold. Or they're usually cheap sometimes. I buy them because my nephews come around. They like to play them. They're younger. Uh, I think Lego Indiana Jones is one of the free games with gold this month on Xbox. So that's interesting. But... This one's going to be all about the DC villains, so which is cool, because I, I prefer DC villains over most of the DC heroes, with the exception of Batman, who is the ultimate. But you know, the, the somehow, these Lego games, they, like, they're, they're all very similar, but they're all very different and fun at the same time. And uh, very high play, replayability, um, a lot of characters to choose from all the time, different mechanics, really interesting. The Star Wars ones are really fun. But like I said, yeah, no, it's it's cool because you get to play with Lego characters and I'm a big Lego guy. You know, I worked at Legoland, I've mentioned before. I do have a lot of Lego sets. But no, the, the Lego games are actually really fun and, and this has some good potential, I think. Definitely good potential. But we'll see. And now let's talk about E3. We're a week away. And, and the press conferences, from my understanding, are EA Play, which isn't really a press conference or anything. It's going to be 11 a.m. on Saturday. Microsoft is 1 p.m. on Sunday. Bethesda is 6.30 p.m. on Sunday. Square Enix is having a, a live stream type thing similar to Nintendo Monday at uh, 11 a.m. Ubisoft is Monday at 1 p.m. Sony is Monday at 6 p.m. Nintendo's having their direct Tuesday at 9. Next week, uh, I'm going to record... Uh, I'm going to wait till after Sony... If, if things work out, maybe I'll include Nintendo. If not, I'll, I'll talk about it on the following week. Uh, I do want to get all those major pre press conferences in. I know they're doing a PC gaming show as well, but that's that's kind of secondary. Um, let, let's kind of... Let, let me give you some of my predictions, what, I, what, I, what I'm hoping to happen, things like that. Uh, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go conference by conference. EA on Saturday... Obviously, we're going to get stuff for the new FIFA and new Madden. That That's a given. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some cool, unannounced part of their, like... Um, I can't think of it, but it's like an indie program. It's like a, a, a way out they did, that game where you can play as the two friends and escape from prison. So we'll see and unravel, I think. I, I think we're going to get Titanfall 3 announcement. Uh, unfortunately, the second one didn't sell well. Uh, it was kind of released at the wrong time. It was in the fall. Kind of fell victim to some shooters. Had one of the best campaigns of shooters that year. And especially there's a mission where you can kind of shift between two different timelines. Like time travel. And that, that's really fucking cool. But I, I think we're going to get a Titanfall 3 reveal. I saw some rumors. So, so we'll see. Or something around Titanfall. Obviously we'll get more stuff on Battlefield V or Battlefield 5. I don't, I don't fucking know. I don't care. Uh, I think they're going to... I'm predicting they will show off a Star Wars game. I don't know what it's for, how it will work, when it's coming out, but they need to, they really need to do something to make sure they can keep the Star Wars license and repair the damage they did after they 
closed Amy Hennig's studio and Visceral and that fucking cool bounty hunter type game, scoundrel game that got canned. Like, they, they need to repair the damage, especially after Battlefront 2 and the whole loot box situation. But that that's my thoughts on EA. Microsoft on Sunday. I really hope Crackdown 3 gets a release date because I've been waiting for this game for a long time. Love the Crackdown series. It's been delayed multiple times. They, they need to have a win. I know they're going to announce some some AAA single-player games because or single-player, excuse me, AAA exclusives. And I'm not going to cry and whine and say, Microsoft has no games and blah, 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 because that's some fanboy bullshit. Yes, they are lacking in the exclusives department, but like exclusives are going the way of the dinosaur. I think they're going to slowly... You're going to have less and less exclusives, and they're mostly just going to be from first and second party studios. I don't think third party exclusives are, are going to be a thing much longer, unless they're completely funded by, by the major publisher like Microsoft or Sony. And these marketing deals with content ex- exclusivity, I think those are going to go away too because fans are tired of that bullshit, especially when it came to like Destiny and it seems like Red Dead 2 might have it as well. But I'm hoping Crackdown 3 gets a release date. I'm sure they're going to announce some big AAA title games, um, especially with Scalebound being canceled and, and things like that. But uh, no, I'm excited. I think uh, safe bet is Gears, Gears 5. Um, if the rumors are believed, I think we're going to get an announcement for a new Fable game. If Halo 6 is talked about, I don't think it's coming out this year. We'll talk about... We'll do a big thing on Halo soon. I kind of want to talk about Halo 5, how I felt about that. Um, the trailer that they sh- first showed off with Chief and the if Poncho Chief, as people call him from a couple years ago, I don't think that was really for Halo 5. Um, I think we might get a Perfect Dark mention. Uh, I'm pretty sure the new Splinter Cell is going to be shown off on Microsoft Stage. That That's like a safe bet, if you ask me. But uh, I think we're going to get a new Forza Horizon. That's almost a given. That that's all I can really say. That's that's all I can really predict. I'm not I'm not good at that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm I guess I'm just kind of saying I'm what I hope to see. Bethesda, they're definitely going to show off Fallout 76, especially after teasing it last week. We'll find out more about that. I've never really been a big Fallout guy, but maybe this one will perk my interest. I'm sure they'll talk about their new RPG Starfield. I think that's the work in progress name. It's a it's like Skyrim or Fallout, but it's a more of a sci-fi version of a RPG that they like they make. So I'm excited for that. Maybe we'll get announced. We'll get more on Rage too. So we'll see. Uh, maybe they'll announce a Doom two or a console a Quake for console, or maybe another Wolfenstein. Who knows? Uh, a Doom two would be fucking sick. I guess that'd be Doom six. I, I don't know. However they call it. Uh, Square Enix is on Monday. Theirs is more like a live stream thing. It's not really a, a press conference. Most definitely going to get a release date for Kingdom Hearts 3. If not, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. I don't understand why Square Enix takes so fucking long with shit. Maybe we'll get a release date for the Final Fantasy 7 remake, which probably won't come out for like four years. Who knows? Maybe a Just Cause announcement. We'll see. Um, I saw some things about Hitman. Maybe another Hitman's coming. We'll see. Uh, I know Square Enix sold off the right, so I, I don't know how that's going to work, though. Ubisoft at 1 p.m. Uh, we already talked about Assassin's Creed Odyssey. We'll get 
more details on that. Uh, we'll get details on Skull and Bones, that awesome pirate ship game, which got delayed to 2019. I'm sure they'll show off more of that. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and think that a Watch Dogs 3 is coming. The first two were really fun. Uh, super underrated. I know a lot of people hate the first one. I thought it was really fun still. Second one was really cool in San Francisco. But uh, no, I, I think we're going to get a Watch Dogs 3 announcement. Um, we'll have more stuff on Splinter Cell more than likely. Maybe another new Tom Clancy game. Maybe a follow-up to Siege, uh, Rainbow Six. Uh, definitely Division 2. And uh, hopefully that can kind of fix some of the problems the first one had. Uh, then Sony. I'm sure... I, I know they said maybe they were only going to talk about like their four big games. So definitely Spider-Man, Last of Us 2, and some other games I can't think of. Anyway, it's games I'm not really interested in probably. Otherwise, I'd remember them, I guess. Uh, I'm sure maybe they'll talk about the Spyro remaster, which I can't fucking wait for. And, um... No, we'll see. We'll see. Oh, Death Stranding, for sure, on Sony's stage. The new Kojima game. I don't know what the fuck that game is. It's Kojima-san, though. He, he does... I don't know what's going on in that dude's brain. I don't know if anyone does, but that guy's like a modern genius. Well, he is a genius, but I'm saying he's like a modern... Like, he would be the modern equivalent of, like, Mozart or Beethoven or something, but it's video games. Like, Metal Gear Solid and now Death Stranding. Like, fucking mind-blowing, dude. I don't know what that game is. I want to know more. Like, what? what is it? Tell me now. Hopefully we'll get more. And then... Uh, like I said, Nintendo's on Tuesday. Might talk about it, might not. Just depends on how, how the week goes. I'm sure we're definitely going to see stuff from the new Metroid. Maybe they'll talk about that Pokemon game that comes out next year. Maybe a follow-up to Labo. I, I don't know. More cardboard. Definitely some announcements for third-party titles coming to Switch, so that's cool. And I recently saw that they re-trademarked the N64. So... Like, this is a safe bet, but I think an N64 Classic is coming this year. And hopefully I do get a SNES, a Super NES Classic and a NES Classic this year as well. You know, I didn't really get to play those games when I was growing up because my brother didn't have those systems, or if he did, they were gone by the time I got my PlayStation. And an N64 Classic will be really awesome because I had a PlayStation. I didn't have an N64. I had friends with N64, so like... Getting to play Pokemon Snap or Pokemon Stadium was like, had to go to a friend's house and hope they had it and got to play. So that, that that's interesting. I like how Nintendo's kind of going the nostalgic route, especially with Virtual Console kind of being kind of dull on Switch from my understanding. But hey, we'll see. And uh, next week's going to be our big E3 blowout, talking about all the big games announced and, and all the other things announced from the, the major players. So that, that will drop later in the week, next week, like as always. Uh, you know that kind of wraps it up for this week thanks for listening you know remember to like subscribe and, and rate me on on wherever you're using to to listen make sure to follow us on twitter and instagram on twitter we're nicks nerd news on instagram we're nicks.nerd.news those are the handles um want to shout out to all my followers thank you for following us and, and supporting us um this has been another episode of nicks nerd news i'm your host nick as always, go live your life, okay? Go abide. 
like the dude says. All right? Just de gaff. All right? Have a good week. Talk to you guys soon. And uh, thanks for looking out. Have a good night.